You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss alongside Ulysses Sombrano, and we're the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. Today's episode of the Locked On Rays podcast is presented by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Okay, on today's show, we are joined again, part two of our interview and conversation with Locked On Yankees host Stacy Gatsoulias. So without further ado, here we go. I think there's also a misconception out there that people think, oh, steroids was just taken, or I should say performance enhancers were taken to just get big and strong and look like right. a Hulk and look like the, you know, you got a, a head the size of a watermelon and so forth. But it was just to, to recover and get your muscles and, and body back on track so you could you could play that that. Uh, 18th game in 20 days and you could you, you were ready for those the the dog days of summer in August and September that you could sustain the grind and that's that's honestly what really concerns me about this year ramping up from 60 to 162 mm-hmm. um, I I just wonder like I think we could see record numbers of of guys going I could be wrong on this but I I, I think this could be a year where you, you you're going to see a lot of guys that you had never heard of before that are going to get opportunities that are going to be pitching or in the lineup because I, I just think that that maybe shock to the system of going from 60 to 162 plus spring training plus playoffs really could have an impact for sure um, oh, yeah. but I could be wrong on that too so but the other the other thing was last season them having to ramp up and not have like they had spring training for a little bit then everything was shut down then they had summer camp as they called it but it wasn't as long as a regular spring training so guys were trying to get into shape I mean they weren't all being lazy asses when they were not playing Mm -hmm. but I know some of them kind of slacked off a little bit and then it was like oh you're gonna be playing in two weeks so oh okay let's ramp this up and that caused a lot of injuries to happen as well um and I agree with you. I, I feel like we can see more injuries with guys. Um, you know, Britain had COVID-19, we just found out. And uh, the soreness in the elbow, yes, he's getting a, a bone chip removed, but he ramped up his um, throwing after not being able to throw for a little bit because he had the COVID-19. Now, after everything that's happened with the Yankees the last three years injury-wise, why on earth would they allow him to do that? <laughs> like, I don't understand. Yeah, that- how, how have you not learned that this is not the way to do things? You can't have these guys just suddenly come out and throw the way they're supposed to throw. Like, oh, it's this time in March. You need to be throwing this hard. If someone was sick with COVID-19, let him rest. And if he was going to be delayed a little bit, maybe by a week or two at the beginning of the season, so be it. But now he's going to be out three to four months because of this bone chip problem. So it's just, it's, it's a mess. And I can see this happening with other teams. 
didn't didn't the Yankees like revamp their training staff or made yes. some kind of big hire in the last year? So I thought yes. that was to like solve these injury issues and these these plights and everything. Yoga, Kevin, yoga. That's yeah. how they're that's how they're solving everything. <laughs> there we go. I guess I got to do more yoga too because that yeah I think that's like the that's like the next wave where we know about the Rays and other teams being on the forefront of oh they use openers they platoon and they shift and they do all these things but like finding way injury prevention. Mm -hmm. I think that could be the next like market inefficiency, if you will, just keeping your, your dudes healthy for an entire year. And I think probably doing some of that shifting from the heavy, heavy weights to more of the plyometrics and uh, body weight and, and yes, that was the word I was looking for earlier plyometrics. Cause that's another thing. Right. Was, right. Absolutely. I was actually, um, I I've had knee problems since I was a teenager and a doctor suggested that I do, plyo which is plyometrics and yoga combined to help mm. build up strength in my knees and maybe some of these guys need to be doing that during the off season yeah that might be a thing as well and who knows i mean maybe even like things that they don't even think about like chewing tobacco probably doesn't have a, a positive effect on your body and recovery either so uh, I think there's a lot to that as well. So, um, Stacy, one last question I have from a Yankees perspective, and if you have any raised questions uh, that you want to throw out at me, you're, you're more than welcome to, of course. But what do you project as the the opening day rotation? Uh, we know about Cole, of course, and then Kluber and Tyon, and then who's four or five? I mean, is it is it Montgomery, Herman, David Garcia, somebody else? Are they going to maybe they have a six-man rotation? What What's kind of the, the prognostication for that going into the year? I think they were leaning toward a six. And so far, I could see Cole, Kluber, Tyone, and a combo of the guys you named. I don't know in what order it would be, but it would probably be Herman... Montgomery Garcia from an experience standpoint, knowing how Boone works um, <laughs> because right. Garcia is the baby out of the group. Um, you know, Herman had a good first outing on Friday. Garcia looked good yesterday, pitched three innings, struck out five. Montgomery was a little shaky the other day, but he was fine. Um, he's also working back, you know, he was working his way back from Tommy John last season. And then last season was, you know, shortened and all that stuff. So he didn't really get to be stretched out. So um, it'll be interesting to see uh, what we get out of Jordan Montgomery this season. Uh, I'm excited to see Davy Garcia uh, year number two. And, you know, there are other guys waiting in the wings, possibly, although, well, not Clark Schmidt, because he's hurt. Um, I think elbow. Uh, there's Michael King is a possibility, but I feel like something bad has to happen to Herman Garcia, Tyone Kluber or Montgomery for Michael King to be in the rotation. So yeah, I think it's a six and I think it's Cole Kluber, Tyone, Herman, Montgomery, Garcia. Okay. Interesting. So, and, and one last thing on Herman, I do mm -hmm. want to bring this up. Um, how is the Yankees clubhouse handling that scenario and situation of him coming back because I feel like it's, you've got to be very careful with how you navigate that to not upset the apple card and get 
sort of a split clubhouse with him coming back. And I know that I think Zach Britton was one who made pretty uh, public comments about him as well. So is this a situation that you think maybe lingers and festers or that they've, they've got it, it's water under the bridge now and they're just kind of monitoring it and, and seeing what happens through the year? Well, I think that now that he's spoken to his teammates, because I think when Britton made his comments, Herman still hadn't really addressed the entire team. He had spoken to a few people, but he hadn't addressed the entire team as a group. Um, and I think he finally did that. And I mean, I feel like these guys, okay, it's two totally different situations because um, a lot of these guys weren't teammates with Chapman when the whole Chapman thing happened five years mm -hmm. ago. But they're very close with Chapman. They call him Chappie. They're all buddy-buddy. And I feel like they can't be that way with him and then give the cold shoulder to Herman because that would be kind of hypocritical, even though the Herman thing was so public and people actually saw him hit his girlfriend, according to accounts from that night. And I'm just, uh, I mean... I'm glad that the Yankees have that extra arm. I just wish it wasn't attached to a trash human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's a good way to put it. And that creates a, a an interesting visual too. Just a, a, hey, maybe that's something the Astros could utilize, you know, they trash cans. And I mean, it's kind of up their alley with everything too. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do it yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. So go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you to the right place. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Tyler Glass now, how do you watch games that he pitches without just staring at him the entire time? He looks like a Disney prince between his hair and his jawline and his face. I mean, I know he looks like um, Cillian Murphy also, but... I just, every time I see him, like even during the playoffs, he was pitching against my team and I was just sitting there like, wow, he's really good looking. And it was so funny on Twitter because even guys were saying, yeah, he's really good looking. <laughs> and yes. it's like, this guy has the whole package. He's tall, he's handsome. He can pitch a major in the major leagues. Like there's nothing wrong with him. <laughs> Look, I think what's happening and I am very comfortable within myself, but I will acknowledge that, yes, Tyler Glass now is a very... A talented, athletic, and good-looking human. And it's funny because I think his teammates, his pitching teammates, are like trying to emulate him in a way because uh, Ryan Yarbrough shows up with longer hair. Brennan McKay <laughs> shows up to camp with longer hair. I think there's a couple of others as well. And I don't think they're using the excuse of, of I uh, can't get hair. You can get a haircut in Florida. You can find a way to get your haircut. Have your girlfriend or wife do it or whatever. I think they're they're trying to get that... They, they want that look. They want that California skater do look. And I don't know if you know this, Stacey, but I mean, Tyler's kind of, I mean, he's, he's sort of the full package in that he's not just uh, a great athlete and uh, a pretty face, I guess you could say. As no, he's well, smart. No, he's smart. Yes, he's, yeah, he's the, um, he's the player rep 
uh, or the player union rep, I guess, for the team and gives fun, entertaining interviews. Like it would not surprise me in the least to see at once his playing career is over to see him have a, uh, an analyst job somewhere or to do something with podcasts. Like he is, he actually is a very entertaining guy. Like he actually has uh, a lively personality. So, um, I mean, every other man in America basically lost because Tyler glass now was born. I think that's, that's something you have to put out there, but, um, he actually fun fact here, he has a tattoo under his lip and he has a tattoo, uh, at the bottom of his foot as well. And I believe they both pay homage to the rapper, little Boosie. So this is the type of character we're dealing with in Tyler glass. Now. <laughs> now on a serious note, um, Obviously, no Blake Snell. He's out West, along with everyone else who uh, yeah. went to the Padres. Um, the Padres the Padres did what every baseball team should do during the offseason. I've said this many times. Um, they traded for people. They signed people. They did what they needed to do um, to make their team better. Uh, you guys got... You have Rich Hill, right? Mm-hmm. Chris Archer. He's back, right? Yes, he's back. Yeah. Okay. It's the team. It's basically 2014, 2015 all over again. Right. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on, you know, losing Snell, getting some of those other guys back, like the turnover for, you know, it wasn't major, but losing Blake Snell is kind of major. And it feels, it, it almost feels, uh, especially with the way his season ended and the whole infamous cash taking him out so soon in that game. And then, you know, the Dodgers won and then he gets traded away and it felt like a double whammy, at least to me, like for you guys, like how did that feel when it happened? The trade? Yeah, it was definitely a shock. And I think it happened um, uh, right before the new year. Like I was actually taking some time off and we were going to three days a week on the podcast. Actually, I think we were, we, we had several days off because we had, we had pre-banged some episodes and it was like, well, we got to record now because Blake Snell is traded perfect timing now. So um, it was, it was definitely tough to swallow at the time. Although looking back on it now, it, I almost feel like we shouldn't be shocked, even though he had three years left on his contract. When you consider that, you know, not just the him being taken out in game six, but I feel like the relationship between him and the Rays had sort of soured and run its course over the time. I mean, we remember what he, the comments he made during COVID-19 and, and he, he was considering sitting out because he wasn't getting enough money. And then um, he made the comments on Twitch about oh, Tommy fan being that. traded. Yeah. So that was another thing. Um, he, he added Scott Boris as his agent noted mm. hater and hated negotiator of the race. So I feel like it was a lot of things that were, going forward and, and pushing towards that. And the other thing too was like, I mean, Blake Snell had a tremendous, tremendous Cy Young season in 2018. He hasn't really quite returned to that form consistently. And I know he's had injuries and other things pop up, but um, I think it was, it was probably about the right time. And I like what the Rays got back in return for yeah. him. Uh, I think Patino is going to be really good. They needed, they, they desperately, desperately needed some catching depth and they got that with Francisco Mejia and Blake Hunt, seemingly, and another hard-throwing righty and Cole Wilcox. So uh, I think it was one of those deals where, like, okay, if you're willing to pay the, the the price for Blake Snell, we'll go ahead and trade him. And and the other thing is that the Rays are moving to whether 
you agree with it or disagree with it, they are moving to an era where they're having their starters. They're not having their starters throw seven and two thirds anymore. It's, it's basically five and dive guys. And I think that's something that Blake Snell wasn't really comfortable with. And that's something that, you know, they, they don't necessarily want to pay a guy 10 or $11 million to do that. Or like with Charlie Morton, um, who, uh, you know, they, they let his, his option go and, uh, he signs with the Braves for, uh, for $15 million, which is what he would have made with the Rays if the Rays would have picked up his team option. So um, it was one of those things where, you know, I, I understand it now. Like I would have loved to see the Rays kind of go back and really fight for it and do what uh, maybe the Padres did or double down. Like, Hey, we made it to the world series. We have Charlie Morton. We, we can have Charlie Morton back. We have Blake Snell back. Let's go out and sign a free agent or two and really bolster the offense and maybe make a couple shrewd trade he, trades here and there and really, um, really go for this thing in, in 2021. But maybe they also saw the, the writing on the wall, like, well, the Dodgers aren't, aren't getting any worse here. They just signed Trevor Bauer. So um, I think we're in the, the Rays were kind of expected. And then you have, whether you want to believe it or not, um, the, the financial impacts of the pandemic and how that affected the team and that the Rays were going to find some way to cut payroll. But the Rays also have a lot of very good pitching prospects on the come up that in some shape or fashion, they're going to have to get those guys ready to play. They're going to have to get some action at some point. Um, Brandon McKay, for example, Shane McClanahan, um, the list goes on and on with guys that they want to give an opportunity and a shot to, and they are also much cheaper. It's, it's, uh, it's much more, I guess, uh, paladine to, to pay a guy. If you're a raised front office type or the owner paying that guy 500 K as opposed to 10 or $15 million. So it was, I guess, a classic raise move in that sense. It was just right. kind of a, um, a double gut punch knowing that Morton wasn't coming back and, and Blake Snell wasn't coming back either, but um, you understand that this is probably going to be a transition year, but I think in the long haul and the Rays all always think in this lens, it's, it's always trying to be about being competitive every single year or as much as you can every year. And I think they're, they're really primed for success. Maybe this year they take a little bit of a step back um, and watch out in 2022, 2023, 2024. That's when this team really could be dangerous. And you see the the fruits of that Blake Snell trade uh, come to labor and where Patino could be a, a top end guy. And you could have an everyday catcher in Blake Hunt and you could have a, uh, a late inning reliever in Cole Wilcox. So I, looking back now at, at the moment, it, it was tough to swallow, but now it's like, okay, I understand it. They, they made some interesting signing. It, it, they, they've patchworked it up. Basically right. what they've done is they took, uh, they took Charlie Morton's $15 million salary off the books and signed four guys for less than that number and, and Waka and Hill and Archer and, and Colin McHugh. And their idea is, Hey, instead of getting 175 innings from Charlie Morton and paying him $15 million, let's get 400 to 450 to maybe 500 innings from those four guys and pay them a combined $13.8 million. And that's the other thing you're going from 60 to 162. Uh, Charlie, uh, you know, Charlie Morton wasn't getting any younger. Uh, you wonder how he would hold up and, and transition. I mean, at some point father time is going to tell you to, to stop playing baseball. So um, I think they're, they're going with the uh, quantity over top quality approach and it could end up working out in the end by, by October or 
hopefully by October, but uh, September, August, you know, you could see a lot of teams are like, who are we going to throw out there to pitch all these innings? And the Rays are like, well, we've got, we are loaded on our 40 man roster. We are loaded at the alternate site. We are loaded in our minor league system that we can just call this guy, that guy, and the other guy and get a couple innings from them and, and, and shore up the team that way. So I think that that's how they've, they've tried to approach it this year, knowing it's uh, it's going to be different going from 60 to 162. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the absolute best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up as well. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using that promo code locked on L O C K E D O N bet online, your online sports book experts. Remember to use that promo code locked on L O C K E D O N. Okay. We have been telling you about built bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built bar is of course the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out though, which built bar is the best. It is built bar madness, sort of like March madness for college basketball, but with protein bars. Uh, today's matchup is caramel brownie versus cherry bossia. Uh, and lemon almond cheesecake versus carrot cake with almonds. Uh, be sure to go to builtbar.com or at built underscore bar on Twitter to vote and check those out. And in the meantime, get yourself a box or two of these delicious, delicious protein bars. And remember to use that promo code LOCKEDON20, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, the numerals two zero to get 20% off your next order. That is locked on 20 to get 20% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will be voted as the best tasting protein bar. That pain in the ass, Randy Rosarino, what do you see from him in 2021? <laughs> <laughs> Another great question. Um, so look, I don't think he's going to replicate over the course of 162 what he did in that slate of regular season games and postseason games, but I definitely think he's a front runner for AL Rookie of the Year. And and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him finish the year if he stays healthy. You know, as a, a 2020 guy, maybe a 25, 25 guy, look, he's not gonna hit 340, he's not going to hit 40 plus bombs. Um I, I don't think I, I don't want to say what he did last year was a fluke. He he absolutely did it, and he has the athleticism and the bat speed and the skill set. But um, again, when you're that grind of playing every day, and you have major league pitchers, they've got a little bit of a book on you now. They're going to try to attack you differently. They're probably not going to throw you as many fastballs. They're going to try to tie you up with off speed and breaking stuff, and they just may flat out decide not to pitch to you. Uh, or not pitch as aggressively to you as they did in the past. So I think that's going to have to be something that that is considered. And 
going through the slumps and experiencing failure. That that's something he really never did uh, right. when he got that call to the majors. So how does he recover from that? I mean, we've seen with other race players on this roster, Austin Meadows, Brandon Lau, great players in their own right, but they definitely have had their string of slumps where it's like for one month, it's like, this guy's in the same person. He's not doing anything. Or they go for like a, a two for 45 slump. Does Randy Rosarina do that? If he does, how does he recover? And I think that's going to be a big thing for him going forward. Um, I fully expect him. Like if, if I was to put out maybe a, a conservative ish stat line, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he hits 270, 280 gives you 25 home runs, 20 stolen bases and drives however many runs in and, and, uh, and gets how, however many runs either. Like he is, he is, I think, a really, really fun talent to watch. And um, he's, he's probably going to be one of the, the few guys that'll, that'll be on the Rays roster within the next four or five years. Because even at his age, uh, 26 years old, like he, he has a lot of team control underneath him. So he could be a, a key middle of the order bat for, for years and years to come. But it's definitely, I don't think, going to be as easy for him uh, in 2021 as it was in 2020. Then again, though, he did basically have COVID. He was constrained to his apartment doing, doing pushups, eating chicken and rice, and he hit major league pitching, literally just walking out of bed. So I, I could be surprised by anything. He, he, he could seemingly do anything at this point, but, um, he, he definitely is going to be, I think a dangerous player, but he's not going to be that, uh, it was just video game, stupid numbers that, that we saw, put up last year. And, um, that's the other thing too, is did the success go to his head and how does he deal with that and adjust to that? And, um, I think all that has to be considered, but I still think he's going to be a really, really good player. And, and hopefully by the end of his career, he has a, a couple all-star appearances and, and proves the Cardinals wrong. It, it certainly would be the first time the Cardinals have, have let a good player go or, or not valued a player correctly. I think Luke Voigt is one of them. I mean, we uh, have Tommy Pham, Alcantara. Yeah. A lot of <laughs> guys the that thing. they just, <laughs> they I, I, I really don't get nothing. It. Yeah. You, th- you think about how good the home Cardinals runs last be. year. I mean, I know it was a, you know, a shortened year, but. Luke Voigt could barely walk and he was hitting. Yeah, that's, that's insane what he was able to do for sure. Like insane. That's another guy though. I wonder he, maybe he, he should do some yoga. Although what, what he's doing seems to be working for him. He's, he's hitting the crap out of the ball. So who knows? Yeah. It, and I, I joked all last season, especially toward the end, because I mean, my God, he was barely walking. Although he said he felt better when he was running around the bases than when he was just standing there. That's when the pain was really bad, but he was looking like late career Mickey Mantle rounding the bases because he could barely (laughs) step on his foot. It was, it was unbelievable what he was able to do. And we were talking about the whole, um, will Aaron judge and Giancarlo Stanton be on the field long enough together. And I think we all got a glimpse of what Giancarlo Stanton can do in the playoffs when he's healthy. He was hitting the crap out of the ball, you know, and it was at least for Yankee fans. It was like, Oh, this is what it's like having him in the playoffs. This is actually nice. (laughs) Let's see this more often. Yeah. That's the thing that kind of, if you're any other team should maybe be concerned about is if all those guys are on the same page and healthy, like judge Stanton Voigt, you add Frazier to the mix. Uh, if Glaber has a bounce back year because Glaber, yeah. you know, had a, a bit of trouble last season and he admits that he wasn't quite uh, in shape 
um, if Gary Sanchez comes back and has a good year. And, you know, it's interesting with the Rosarina stuff that you were talking about. By the way, I was nodding during the entire time that you were talking about him because I was agreeing <laughs> with everything you said with regards to how pitchers are going to pitch to him. Um, how it'll be intriguing to see how he reacts to a full season because basically for him it was like when a rookie is called up and they have those like final you know month and a half month and they explode onto the scene and then you get to see the next year how they react to a full season how they react to hitting us getting into a slump every player slumps even players in their best seasons have a period of time when they're not hitting the ball and then they start hitting the ball again so um it's just funny, as you were talking about him, I'm literally the entire time you were talking about him, I was sitting here <laughs> nodding with you like, yep, yes, I agree. I agree. Totally. Yes. No, that's great. And yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's going to be interesting because this raise like finding enough playing time for all these outfielders too. And again, every, something always pops up, somebody gets in, injured and you're like, how are we going to find playing time for all these guys? And then before you know it, three guys are down and it's like, well, do we have enough guys that can fill all these spots? But they do have Kiermaier seemingly healthy. Araz Arena, you add him to the mix, of course. Manny Margot, Austin Meadows, that, that's four guys alone. They, they've got to work in Yoshi Sutsugo as well. Josh Lowe's on the come up. I mean, there's a Brett Phillips uh, may make the, the opening day roster. There's only 26 spots and only so many outfield spots. And not saying that Randy Rosarena is the, the odd man out. He certainly is going to, uh, to play a big part on this team, but he might at times be utilized as a DH or might get a day off against certain righties. It just kind of, all depends how they want to work it out. I think they're going to try to definitely, if possible, balance the workload between uh, between everybody on the team going forward. So, um, Stacy, I guess that that just about does it. That wraps up the crossover. I didn't know. Um, I, I know you're feeling on. I guess predictions. I didn't know if you wanted to throw one out for the Yankees or or might have to save that for another time. Or we just wait until the the end of 2020, 2021, I should say. I just. Uh... There are some years where I feel comfortable making predictions um, and other, and I'm usually right on the money, which is really scary. I've had a couple of years where I've guessed exactly what the win loss uh, record was going to be at the end of the season. I did it in 2014 when I said they were going to be 84 and 78. And I wrote that in an article on ESPN and had so many people yelling at me. And then when they finished 84 and 78, I was like, now what? In... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I told you they weren't going to be that good this year. Why wouldn't you listen to me? This season is all about health, like the last three seasons. I can't predict how they're going to be because, you know, 2019, they had, what is it, 31 guys on the IL, and they still won 103 mm-hmm. games. So you never know what's going to happen. Do I see the Yankees winning the division? Yes. If they stay healthy, I can see them winning the division. I'll say that much. Very good. Yeah, it, it would not surprise me in the least for sure. I, I guess that, Hey, I might have to come to you more often for predictions and go to betonline.ag. That might be the, the way to go and, and put some futures bets on it. If, if you're that, that dead on with the, the win loss predictions and such. Uh, and in 1997, April 20th, 1997, I will never forget this. I was up at school on the phone with my dad. We were talking about baseball and you know, the Yankees had just won in 96 and, He's like, so what do you see happening at the end of the season? I said, the Marlins are going to win the World Series. And he's like, what? (laughs) He goes, you think they're going to beat the Braves and then win in the World Series? I said, yes, the Marlins are going to win the World Series. (laughs) Okay, who wins the World Series then in 2021? I got to know this. Got to put it on record. I No, I, I, 
I gotta wait till like more like April, a <laughs> couple of weeks in when I, when I see how the teams are doing, that's when I'll be able to tell you. <laughs> okay. Not the Marlins though, right? Hopefully. No, no. All right. Very good. All right. Uh, we again want to thank Stacy Gatsoulias from the Locked On Yankees podcast for joining us. That is our crossover divisional series, which will be going through throughout the course of spring training, of course, talking to Locked On hosts from the Orioles, Red Sox, and Blue Jays as well. Uh, that wraps up this edition of the Locked On Rays podcast. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of the Locked On Bets podcast and the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast. Two great podcasts I highly, highly recommend and I listen to on a regular, continual basis. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we'll talk to you on Friday.